can't get enough of the podcast? Lucky for you, our video IQ platform on adorebeauty.com.au houses thousands of articles on skincare, makeup, hair care, and more. Plus, you can find a heap of video tutorials, ingredient spotlights, and brand breakdowns on our YouTube channel. Just click on Beauty IQ in the menu bar of the website or app or search Adore Beauty on YouTube for more beauty content. Welcome everybody to Beauty IQ, the podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Fleming. And I am your co-host, Hannah First. You've seen on my Instagram how I've been um, decluttering. Yes. So I had watched, there's two documentaries on Netflix by The Minimalists. Mm -hmm. The newest one, I think it's called Less Is Now. So I basically watched those Netflix documentaries. I also listened to their podcast, The Minimalists. Yeah. And all of a sudden I was like, I've got too much stuff. (laughs) And all of my stuff was stressing me out. So I started decluttering and throwing things out and like I'm going to sell some clothes and, you know, I just went, it's taken me at least a, a month to declutter. Anyway, then we go into lockdown and, you know, right on cue, I bought a 168 pack of coloured markers <laughs> and, and some, Why? And some col- because I bought some colouring books. Oh, and I was God, like, okay. this this is like anti the minimalist. Like I've just decluttered <laughs> everything and then I've just gone on to Kogan and bought this huge pack of coloured textures. Where are you going to store that? I don't know. It's sitting <laughs> in my lounge room now. It's got no spot. It's got no place. Yeah, right. That's a bit of an impulse purchase, but I worth think, it. <laughs> I think the reason was that we went into snap lockdown and I was like, yeah. oh, I'm gonna it's going to be another hob- four months. <laughs> going to need to get a new hobby. I did that in the first lockdown. Uh, you got colouring books because I'm not yeah. into puzzles. I'm really not into yeah, puzzles. Yeah, I'm not into puzzles either. I find them frustrating. Yeah, I had a colouring book and then I got sick of it. So I joined TikTok instead. <laughs> that was yes. a much better decision. Well, <laughs> now that lockdown's over, what the f*** am yeah. I going to do with 168 coloured markers? I'm actually anyway. not sure, but I think a lot of people would have been in the same boat as you and thought this is going to go from five days to eight months. So I better strap myself in. Um, did you watch anything good over the snap lockdown? So I watched the Cecil Hotel on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Everyone had been talking about it and recommending it to me because a lot of people that listen to this podcast know I really love true crime. But to be honest, I wasn't that I wasn't that wowed by it. So I don't know. I'd recommend it to people who think they like true crime, but if things get a little bit too heavy, they panic. Mm. If you are like me and you can watch pretty much anything, um, I would say watch The Night Stalker if you haven't already. That's not a new one, but it's um, very scary. So you will not sleep for three weeks if you tend to get scared. My mum told me not to watch that because she. That's a good idea, Linda. Yeah, Hannah. Because I want to start doing those solo (laughs) hikes. And she was like, I don't think that's a good idea. Mm, Neither do I. Yeah. <laughs> what are you watching? So there's, I've got a few shows on binge that I'm obsessed with. So the first is, have you seen The Flight Attendant? No, I haven't. I think it would be right up our listeners' alleys. Oh, okay. The main girl's a mess. She's like yep. a total mess, but it sounds familiar. Um, <laughs> but it's yeah, but it's really, really good. And then the other one on binge is Euphoria. Oh, has that got Zendaya in it? Yes. It's pretty dark, yeah, but it's really good. The other one that I'm watching at the moment is The Americans, which is I love spy drama. A bit of espionage, yep. And then the other one that is like everyone was talking about, including Kim Kardashian, also on binge, is The Undoing. And I don't know if you've seen that oh, yet, I've but seen Joe, that. yes. Oh, oh, 
Actually, Hannah, oh my God, what I have to recommend is The Dry. If you haven't gone and seen oh, The Dry I, and you're into oh, true crime, oh my fucking God, oh my best God. movie I've seen in like five years. It's got Eric it Banner was. in it, who by the amazing. way is 52. I had to Google that because he looks amazing. My friend and I were looking at each other in the cinema like, oh my God, what? It's so good. You have to go and see it. If you're into true crime, if you're not into that, then you'll probably hate it. Hey guys, Matthew the editor here. Um, just gonna come in real quick and say Succession on Binge. Wow, if you haven't seen it, you gotta see it. And I agree, this is Edward, the YouTube editor for Adore Beauty here. Uh, Succession has Macaulay Culkin's brother in it. So, um, ah. uh, yeah, back to the show. Um, what is on today's episode, Hannah? So on today's episode, we are chatting to Raylia Lou all about pap smears. Then we are speaking to one of our fave guests on the show, Tegan Mac.skin. Talking about pre and post gym skincare and the products we didn't know we needed. So last time we spoke to this cringy convo guest, Hannah was actually absent and I had the pleasure of having her as kind of a, a co-host for the day. It's Dr. Relia Lou, and she joins us again to talk women's health. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for having me. No, it's definitely our pleasure. We love chatting to you. Last time we spoke, we were talking about endometriosis, which people can go back and listen to if they missed that episode. But today we wanted to get you on to talk about pap smears because I think for a lot of women, this is a little bit of a scary thing if they've never had one before, or it's just something you dread doing every few years and maybe you want to avoid, but the best thing is to not avoid it because why do we need to have pap smears? So we need to have pap smears because our cervix, which is an organ inside of us that we can't see, does have a chance of developing a cancer over time. And particularly if we have contracted a virus called human papillomavirus in our lifetime. So human papillomavirus is just like a common cold of the cervix. We do catch it sexually, but it's just like any other virus. Nobody catches it on purpose. In women, it can cause cell changes of your cervix, which predispose to cervical cancer. But it's actually a really easy cancer to prevent because we can actually check for it and it develops in a really predictable way. And usually there are early cell changes that happen before a full-blown cancer. So if we pick those up, we can actually nip it in the bud and prevent mm. 90% of cervical cancers, which is amazing. Mm. That's a great stat, mm. actually. And I went, the last time I went to get my pap smear, there was quite a bit of information on the changes that were happening to pap smears. What changes have occurred and why? So it's changed a lot in many ways and in other ways, it's exactly the same. So in terms of how we obtain the sample, it's exactly the same. So it still involves going to your doctor, having a speculum examination, which means we look inside the vagina and we use a little instrument to help us visualize the cervix. And we take a cell scraping from the cervix and we send it off to be analyzed. So the way it's changed is what we actually do when we analyze the sample. The pap smear and the word pap smear is actually a shortening from Papa Nicolou, who is the doctor who invented it. So it's what we call an eponymous ah. term. <laughs> um, and so technically it's not a pap smear anymore because we're not doing what he originally suggested, which is just looking at the cells under a microscope on a slide. But what's actually happening now is a double test. So we still look at the cells, but we look at them in a liquid suspension. 
And then we also test for the DNA of the human papillomavirus. And it's not just one virus. There are literally hundreds of different types of human papillomavirus. And we're looking for the ones that are most associated with cervical cancer. And then what about in terms of like timelines now? Because it's, it was always just everyone was two years and now it's different for each person. Exactly. And not only that, but it also starts later in life. So it used to be that we started smears when you were 18 or a couple of years after you'd first become sexually active. But it generally takes at least about five years of having the virus before you could have a serious change that might be associated with a pre-cancer. So mm-hmm. the new guidelines say you don't have to have a smear until you're 25. Ah. ah, okay. So, And also we use the outcome of your smear to triage. So if your smear shows that you've never had any human papillomavirus, it's virus negative and the cells are negative, well, then we've got another five years before we have to look at you again because you've had an all clear. Right. However, if you've had some virus in your system or if you've had cell changes, the interval of screening will be personalised to you. Mm, Okay, that's good to know. So that's the way things have changed. It's gone from like an across the board, check everyone every two years because they might have the virus even though Mm. we're not checking for the virus to personalised medicine where we're screening individually and triaging your risk to determine when Mm. your next smear should be. We love personalisation, don't we, Jo? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Um, Now, something that obviously us as women fear is going to the doctor, having something put up there, it being uncomfortable and feeling awkward. Mm -hmm. Like, how do we we get over that? Can you reassure us in any way for anyone that hasn't had a pap smear before? I find them okay. See, I find them incredibly, like, I I just like tense up. All of a sudden it's like, ugh. And it doesn't, nothing wants to go in. Is that why it can be more uncomfortable for women, Raylia, that are maybe a lot more nervous and they're tensing and so the actual procedure, I guess, feels more uncomfortable? Yeah, probably. And it's obviously a very intimate area and if you're with somebody who you don't know, I think there's probably some merit in having a regular GP who you have a relationship with do your smear because then you feel more comfortable naturally rather than go to someone you've never seen before and suddenly you're having a speculum examination. I think that's pretty much guaranteed to be a bit strange. Um, So that would be my first tip. Second tip is the pelvic floor is one of the most powerful muscles in the human body and we can't fight the pelvic (laughs) floor. So you've got to relax it to have a comfortable speculum examination. So just learning, I guess, how to activate your pelvic floor and how to deactivate it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because when you really relax the muscles, you won't have discomfort to the same degree. So every day I do lots of speculum examinations and I find my patients actually tolerate them extremely well. And part of that is just knowing what it's for, knowing what's going to happen and having a relationship with your provider that is a trusting relationship. Mm, It's always the first one that's the scariest because everyone talks about it being uncomfortable or embarrassing or, you know, whatever they've experienced. But it's actually once you know what's going to happen, it's okay because you know what to expect for the next time. And I think also maybe having a female doctor on some occasions kind of makes me feel more comfortable as well. I've seen male GPs and stuff before, but if I'm going to have something like that done, I'm going to a female for sure. Same. 
<laughs> you did speak a lot about getting abnormal results and there being abnormal cells. Most of the time, I'm assuming people's pap smear results come back clear. They're totally fine. They come back in another five years. If you do get abnormal results, what does the process involve? Because I've actually seen a couple of influencers talk about this recently that have had abnormal results come back and then they've had to go on for further testing. So can can you explain what happens? Sure. So the way we deal with further results is to have a really close look at your cervix. It's important to realize that a pap smear or a cervical screening test is a screening test. It's not a diagnosis. Mm -hmm. It raises a suspicion and then we have to look further. So what we do is called a colposcopy and it's literally a microscope that looks at your cervix. So what happens when you have a colposcopy? You'll be referred by your GP to a gynecologist or to an outpatient gynecology clinic at a hospital. And the gynecologist will do a speculum assessment again, just like for a pap smear. So insert the instrument to help us view the cervix. And then under the view of a microscope, we actually have a look at the cervix, describe the cervix. And then we've got a few party tricks to help us uh, have a look at which cells might be causing the abnormal signal in your smear. So the first thing we do is we put a vinegar stain onto the cervix. It's Mm. literally like a white vinegar. Really? Yeah. And like an apple cider vinegar. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And what what is called acetic acid. And what we do is we have a look at how that changes the cells of the cervix. And what we see is that cells that have a lot of DNA in them and that are rapidly dividing tend to turn white with the vinegar stain. And in terms of um, highlighting that area, we might take a cell sample from that area to send it away for the pathologist, um, who's the doctor who looks at cells under a microscope in the pathology uh, lab, to tell us more about that tissue and tell us what kind of cells they are. Are they inflamed cells? Because that can show up sometimes as a false positive. Mm. Or are they precancer cells? And if they're precancer cells, what grade are they? Are they early changes or are they more like a cancer and more serious? So that's called a cervical biopsy. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we use a second stain called iodine, which is kind of like, and people will be familiar with betadine when you have a, a cut, the brown kind of antiseptic. So it's a bit like that without the alcohol in it. And that is actually a cell that is taken up by the normal tissue of the cervix and the vagina. So when you put that, cell stain on, everything turns brown if it's normal. So if you highlight the abnormal areas and make them pop with a bit of acetic acid like the vinegar and they turn white and then you put the iodine on and all the normal tissue turns brown, it really makes those abnormal areas pop and we know exactly where to take a little cell biopsy. Mm -hmm. You don't have to wait to have sex for more than about a day. You just go back to normal. I would usually say don't use a tampon straight after, probably use a liner. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, there's there's nothing that needs to happen after a cervical biopsy that's particularly special or, or different. And usually it takes about two weeks for those results to come back. So you'll usually have a follow-up appointment with your doctor to discuss the results and, and take it to the next step if necessary. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the time after a colposcopy, we'll be reassured by the results. Early changes can actually get better. You have an immune system that can deal with it sometimes. So we're not too gung-ho if the changes are there, but they're very early. 
but that means we need to watch you. So your doctor might suggest that you come back for another colposcopy, potentially say in a year, if you have cell changes that are really early, but on the spectrum of changes that might turn into a cancer if they're let kind of to go. So that's a possible outcome. Another possible outcome is we do the colposcopy and we think it's a total false positive on the smear test. So we might say, oh, we can't actually see anything the matter and there's no area that we want to really biopsy or there's no, or that we took a biopsy and it doesn't show any precancer changes, just maybe a bit of inflammation. And we might say, okay, well, you're triaged to have another smear in a year mm-hmm. and not another colposcopy. Or if we see something and it is a serious change and we're worried, you might be suggested to have treatment of that area to try and nip it in the bud. So that treatment might involve a procedure called a, a LETS procedure where we gently scrape those abnormal cells off the cervix. Or sometimes that can be a laser procedure where we destroy the cells uh, with a laser beam instead of cutting them off. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of in a nutshell what colposcopy is. Yeah. So, I mean, as we said, most of the time, your results would be normal anyway, but that kind of gives people a bit of background as to what could happen if your results do come back negative. Not overly scary. Your gynecologist will absolutely look after you. So I did just have one other question with HPV. How common is HPV? It's really common. I thought it's so. really common. Yeah. Um, now we've got a vaccine for HPV. Yeah. Did we have that? Va- I think I had that vaccine in high school. I actually had it before. I think I had it really, really young. Yeah, it's memory. a school. And, and the ideal yeah. time to vaccinate both boys and girls, because the boys pass it around and the oh, girls have the consequences. <laughs> um, so we need to vaccinate the boys as well as the girls. The ideal time is before you've had sex. Okay. So usually it's good to get in, you know, before early teenage years. Yeah, right. I think when we had it at school, I probably had it when I was 14, I think. But that doesn't vaccinate against all the HPV strains. No, it doesn't. But it vaccinates against the two that cause the most cancers, the 16 and the 18. And I think the most recent vaccine actually is what we call nine valent, meaning there are nine strains that it does vaccinate against. And importantly, it vaccinates against the strain of HPV that doesn't cause cervical cancer, but causes warts genital warts, Ah. so that's a good one to be vaccinated against too. This has been a very interesting chat. I guess the purpose of this is not to scare people, it's to reassure people that look at this amazing science we have. If you never had a pap smear, I think that would be definitely a good idea. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some of our listeners might be under 25. I didn't know that was the (laughs) new rule. So that's That's actually news to me that, um, you know, if you're under 25, you don't really have to go and have one yet. But thank you so much for sharing all of that information, Dr. Raleigh Alou. Always so helpful. Oh, my pleasure. Anytime. Oh, one of our favourite guests of all time. This she's is so back. exciting. She's with us again. I thought, how are we going to get her back on the show? But I found a way. Tegan Mac.skin. skin. She's here in the, well, not in the yeah. flesh, virtually. It's, it's the return of the Mac. <laughs> You can't get rid of me. No, well, we'd never want to. You're one of our favourite people on <laughs> oh, earth. Good. Now that I'm seeing you, can we do another couples, Joe? I want to do another couples treatment. That yes. was such a fun day. Yeah, yeah. although Tegan's very busy. Yeah, you know, you have to book in advance, but maybe if okay. I find cancellation, I'll <laughs> yeah. sleep you guys in. <laughs> <laughs> We'd love that. We know you love hanging out with us even yeah. though we kind of just force you to. <laughs> so a question that I get all the time on Instagram is about pre and post gym skincare. So Mm. we wanted to bring you on to talk about this particular topic. So 
should we be applying our skincare before we go to the gym in the morning, knowing that we'll be cleansing our face afterwards? Or should we just be splashing our face with water and going to the gym and then dealing with the skincare thing when we get back? Yeah, I get asked this question all the time because you don't want to feel like you're putting something on and then wasting it by washing it off an Mm, hour later. Totally. But you've got to remember that your skincare will absorb in that time that it is on. So it's not like it's getting wasted. It will absorb. It will, you know, do all the things it's meant to do, even though it's on for a shorter time. But my advice would be don't apply your whole entire routine, but you do want to put something on your skin. So I usually would opt for like a hyaluronic acid because it's lightweight, it's water-based, it's not going to feel greasy if you start to sweat. And then at least that way you've got something on your skin for when you go out and about, whatever, and then when you come back, you'll do your whole entire routine. And what about um, SPF application? If the sun's not up and you're going to an early sesh, do you still need to put your SPF on? If the sun's not up, then you don't need to put your SPF on because you'll be, you won't be exposed to UV the entire time. If by the time mm-hmm. you finish your class and you're like walking home, then maybe grab a tube and apply it after your gym class but if you know you're starting at six and finishing at seven the sun's just come up and you're driving home for five minutes I would probably say you could skip out on the SPF and just apply it for when you're actually going to be out in the sun properly Mm. yeah that's something people always ask they're like should I be wearing my SPF if it's still dark in the morning I'm like no probably not (laughs) have we created have we created monsters I know because I I feel like people would ask you Joe like I'm going to a nightclub do I need to (laughs) put SPF on yeah those disco lights it's a very bright. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So speaking of cleansing in the morning, I usually say a gentle cleanse in the morning is a good idea and a double cleanse at night. What are your thoughts? Do you do a morning cleanse or do you like to just let things sit on there from the night before? I would say you want to wash your face to some capacity. Mm. So for some people, it's doing a gentle cleanse or a cream cleanse. Other people like to splash their face and go. At night time, well, when you're waking up, the only thing that's really on your skin is your skincare from the night before, maybe some oils, some sweat, but you haven't really been outside with pollutants. So you don't need to do your full-on cleanse. Even with like things like the Foreo, I wouldn't say you need to do it morning and night because there's not too much you're cleansing and you don't want to be going too hard on your skin in the morning. Mm. So if you do like to do a cleanse, I would do a gentle cleanse in the morning or, you know, you splash your face with water, wipe it down with like a cleansing pad, micellar water, something so that when your skincare goes on, it's going on a clean base. I did have a girl send me a message the other day who is a podcast listener, so I thought I'd basically ask her question directly. Mm. She cleanses her face in the morning and then she goes to the gym and then she cleanses her face again and then she goes to the beach and then she cleanses her face again. Is this her regular she... day? I want to go to the beach. Uh, well, I think <laughs> I think she going was. to the beach every day. She was basically saying, am I over cleansing my skin? Is there such thing as cleansing my face too many times because I'm doing all of these things where I want to wash my face yeah but I feel like I might be washing my face too much and awesome that she gets to do all these fun activities where she's having yeah. to wash her face <laughs> she's having too much fun that's the issue I know but with cleansing if it's a gentle cleanser I don't think you can risk 
overdoing it unless like you're doing it for no good reason like if you need to cleanse mm. multiple times a yeah. day like her situation where she feels like you know after the beach after the gym just use a gentle cleanser there's nothing in there that will strip your barrier and if it's a good cleanser obviously we're talking about you know good brands cosmeceuticals skincare not your supermarket stuff there shouldn't be any like sls in there as well so it shouldn't be drying your mm. skin so if you've got a nice gentle cleanser like aspect gentle clean pca creamy cleanser you can't overdo it with those cleansers so she's better off sticking with something like that and then at the end of the day she might opt for like an aha cleanser or something a bit more active Mm. if she feels like she needs that at the end of the day so um makeup at the gym my mum actually said to me on a youtube video she's like you need to wear makeup to the gym. What if there's a hot a hottie there? <laughs> Which I do not subscribe to um, and I don't recommend that. <laughs> Why is wearing makeup to the gym bad for the skin? And there are any alternatives if you don't want to go barefaced? Yeah, so ideally you would go barefaced if you could. So by that I mean if you've come home from work and you just can't be bothered washing your makeup off, I would say wash your makeup off. Or if it's your lunch break and you you go to the gym on your lunch break and you're going to have to reapply your makeup after the workout anyway, wash it off before the workout. And if you feel comfortable to not wear makeup to the gym, don't wear makeup to to the gym. Then if you feel like you do have to wear something, you don't feel comfortable having your skin totally bare, I would opt for mineral makeup because minerals don't mix with your sweat and they, it doesn't absorb into your skin. It just kind of binds together and sits on top like a bit of a veil. And then, then at least that way you know that when you do start sweating, things aren't mixing together and, and then being absorbed back into the skin. And that's particularly important for people with acne and congestion. And then if you don't have any mineral and you want to wear your regular makeup, which I wouldn't recommend, you just want to make sure that as soon as that workout's done, you are washing your face and getting it off ASAP. You're not going to go home and, you know, chill for an hour or go to the shops you want to cleanse it off straight away double cleanse so you can make sure your skin's really clean yeah I've had to go to Pilates with makeup on a few times like when I've gone straight from work Mm. and I just hate it it just doesn't feel feel like I can't sweat properly yeah but there's definitely a generation of women and like a category of women who aren't quite comfortable yet yeah not wearing makeup anywhere they go it could be just down to the shops and they're just not quite at that point yet yeah and I mean I've been there I used to when I first started going out with Johnny like I wouldn't wash my makeup off because I didn't want to wake up totally barefaced but now it's like you're not seeing me in makeup ever because (laughs) I just don't care anymore but on the topic of mineral makeups I know you guys have started stocking the aspect mineral makeup Mm. too and hannah and i spoke about it in an episode i think two weeks ago we love it it's a good walking date makeup it it can be full coverage so for people who feel like mineral is just a bit kind of i don't know not exciting not full coverage the aspect minerals can go really full coverage and it's still good for your skin it's an extension of your skincare so definitely worth checking out if people feel like oh i do want to switch to minerals but i don't want to sacrifice coverage the aspect minerals will definitely cover redness rosacea breakouts all that kind of stuff with really thin layers so it's a great option also body acne from the gym like how can we avoid it in the first place but what can we do to also get rid of it to avoid it and i went through in lockdown i went through a stage where i was just wearing sports bras 
I don't know why, I just decided to. And I wasn't exercising, but the friction of wearing that racerback sports bra gave me the biggest, sorest pimples in the middle of my back. And I couldn't believe it. I thought it was like, if that happened, it was from sweating and stuff. But the friction and wearing it, you know, for a couple of days in a row was enough to give me these horrendous pimples. So I would say if you are prone to it, avoid tight clothing. Like don't wear a super tight top. If you can avoid a racer back and wear something that has like the straps off to the side, that can help. And don't re-wear the same sports bra two days in a row or anything like that. Even if you're not sweating heaps, just try not to wear it twice in a row. If you're doing all of that and you're still breaking out, really good products to help um, get rid of it. Cosmetics Purity Balance Spray, which is a salicylic spray. Great for applying by yourself because you can just kind of spray it onto your back and it covers everything you need to cover. If there's someone who can apply it for you or it's in a spot that you can reach, the Society Clear Skin Pads, which are also salicylic, bit stronger, also really good. And they're just a one-time use pad, wipe over the back. And because they're so saturated, it could cover your whole back. Um, and then you just chuck it out and, you know, you've got another pad there ready for the next time you need to do it. So they're two great products that I would highly recommend if you're still getting breakouts on the body. And of course, you know, having a shower straight after the gym, not re-wearing the same clothes and avoiding tight-fitting clothing on areas where you're breaking out. Mm, I think a mistake we make is going to the gym and then wearing our active wear the whole day. And it's all sweaty and dirty and gross and we just wear it the entire day. And all of the active wear is that kind of that dry fit technology so it doesn't even feel sweaty you don't feel like you're being gross but you know that sweat hasn't evaporated into thin air it's somewhere and it's in your clothing so now tegan's gonna share a product she didn't know she needed because that's the vibe of the podcast so tegan you actually have a bit of a rogue one because it's not skincare yeah it's not skincare what is it? So dry shampoo. I feel like we've all gone to Chemist Warehouse and bought Batiste. And I feel like those bottles just run out so quickly and they don't really work. But I just thought that was all dry shampoos. Then I bought the IGK First Class Dry Shampoo, which is like mm-hmm. their heavy duty. I think it's got charcoal or something in it. Massive bottle. It lasts for ages and it is so good at drying up my oily hair because my hair will get oily on day two. Sometimes even just after I've washed my hair, I'll put it in there in preparation for it getting oily. And it works really well for you because I know that you said before that you get really oily hair. Yeah. I want to try that. Yeah, because I use the the Christophe Rabanne, the sea salt as well, and I use the Mm. IGK charcoal shampoo. Like I'm using this stuff like most washers and it may sound like I'm overwashing my hair, but I'm definitely not. I only do it twice a week, but because I use so much dry shampoo, I need that scrub to make sure my hair gets clean. But that dry shampoo is great. It's worth the money because it's so big. It lasts really long. Like a little goes a long way. You just kind of spray it, leave it in there for 30 seconds. It kind of goes a bit white. And then once you start tussling it around you don't get those like gray patches like with other dry shampoos mm. love it well that's kind of gym related for anyone that it is um, gym related is yeah because it also comes in a mini size i keep the mini size in my car yeah for your gym bag yeah amazing on the go well oiliness. i mean i'm always up for a dry shampoo that really works on oily hair i think that's a good sign that it actually is a good product if it's working on oily hair 
Well, thanks for sharing your PWD, KWN, and also sharing all your knowledge on pre and post gym skincare. Yeah. We'll just have you back every I think we should just make you oh, a regular yeah. guest. A phone, phone a Tegan. Just call in. <laughs> yes. Oh, my I'll God. I'll just stop my facial and be like, yeah, what's your, what's your today's listener's yes. question? <laughs> Sorry, client. Sorry, paying client. You're just going to have to wait a second. Yeah, I'm on a call. I'll, I'll be one of those people that always has one airport in. And we'll just start talking and they'll be like, what? And I'll be like, I'm on a call. (laughs) Amazing. Thanks for joining us again, Tegan. If you want to find Tegan on Instagram, it's at TeganMac.skin. So go and stalk her. She's got plenty of content for you. So check her out. Check me out, guys. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Hannah. Good to chat to you again. So, Hannah, we asked you to produce a TikTok for our channel. If you haven't found us on TikTok yet, it's at Adore Beauty. I would strongly recommend you go and follow us. But, Hannah, we asked you to do a TikTok for us on fragrance. Yes. And the brief, I believe, was something around dating. Like, we kind of left it open for you to interpret. (sighs) You went a bit rogue. (laughs) I've totally gone rogue. Yeah. I ended up okay. I re- ended up because I had to do so much research on fragrance. I ended up writing a whole Beauty IQ article. Oh, okay. Because I was like, well, I'm doing all this research anyway. And I'm not going to do it for a 15 second bloody TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. So the TikTok I'm actually, I've chosen my like the sexiest fragrance or like mm-hmm. the fragrances to get you in the mood. Yes. <laughs> but in doing that, I had to go back and listen to the episode with Michael Edwards on the fragrances, oh. the fragrance wheel. Then I had to go through each of the notes and try to but understand. how good what... is Michael Edwards's voice? Oh, it was really good before yeah. bed last night to listen to yeah. that. <laughs> <Ooh. laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh my God, Hannah. Joe. Sorry, get, get your brain out of the gutter. <laughs> so what's, you know, what's the difference between oriental, woody, fresh and floral notes? I had to get right into it. Anyway, I ended up choosing my top sexy fragrances, but my favorite is actually BDK Gris Chanel. And I've written a little dating bio, but I want to get your mm-hmm. feedback on it. Okay. So this is technically your PWD KWN, right? Yeah, this is my PWD KWN. <laughs> yeah, okay, good. Okay. Yeah. So it's an oriental fragrance. So mm-hmm. with oriental fragrances, you know, think incenses, spices, resins, and musks. Um, mm-hmm. And orientals have like a more grown-up nighttime vibe, which is my vibe. Mm-hmm. So I've got the dating bio. So spontaneous and a little mysterious, loves to travel to exotic destinations and an adventurous foodie. So the first date would be a five-course meal with matched wines. Mm-hmm. So BDK Gris Chanel, it blends fruits, spices, and smoke. It's a spicy oriental, but it's actually unisex. Do you think I'd like it? I think you'd love it. It's like Aww. it's like exotic hot man smell, but it's not overpowering because you know how sometimes hot man smell can be like, oof. Yeah. It this is this is not like that. This is like subtle but strong. It's my new signature scent. I actually took a bottle from the office and um, I'm not giving it back. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Nobody tell, Kate. <laughs> yeah. um, I, no, I asked the fragrance buyer if I could take oh, it okay. to wear it. That's totally fine then. <laughs> what is your product? So mine is on the uh, bargain spectrum. Usually we know that we're, we tend to be bougie bitches, but today I'm going bargain. And that is because mm-hmm. I had been recommended this concealer on many, many occasions by Megan, who works in our team and is also a makeup artist. And she'd said, this is just like the Holy Grail concealer. I just can't go past it. No matter 
how many concealers I try, I just keep going back to this one. So I got sent a pack of products and this product was in there. And so I thought, oh, I'll give it a try. I'll see what the fuss is all about. It's the Maybelline Instant Age Rewind Concealer, which you probably realized when I said concealer and bargain. So this is a very, very popular concealer, but there's something I cannot put my finger on exactly what it is that sets this concealer apart from all the others, but I have a feeling it's like the sponge attachment on the end, which I'm not sure how hygienic that is, but anyway, I still love it. Mm -hmm. Um, It just disperses the exact amount of product that you need under your eyes so that it doesn't go cakey. You know how when you have concealer on a, like a doe foot applicator, you can go a bit too hard on it and then you end up with way too much product under your eye. This just prevents you from doing that. And so I feel like it just gives your under eye beautiful finish. I use it to conceal other areas as well, but mainly I only conceal under my eyes anyway. But it just, it doesn't crease. It stays all day. They've got a good color range. I just, I can't go past it. Amazing. And now I'm obsessed with it. And I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to go without it. Like I usually use quite bougie concealers. My go-to is mm-hmm. usually the Makeup Forever, the Ultra HD. And yep. I love yep. that. But now that I've started using this, I'm like, why would I pay for a bougie one when I like this bargain one? I, ca- I can't um, go past Makeup Forever Ultra HD concealer. Have you used the Maybelline one? No, the Makeup Forever. Okay. Well, I think we need to get you to try the Maybelline one. Once I find the concealer I like, uh, it's hard to get me off it. Okay. I'm, All right. You I'll know, try. like foundation <laughs> and concealer, it's like I found the one. Don't yes. F around with it. It's just one of those things that you don't play with because most of the time if you're doing your foundation, you're like, oh, I don't want to f*** it up because then I have to take it off and do it again. So you just, I don't really mm. try new foundations unless I'm wearing it for a non-event mm. and then I'll try a new foundation for the sake of it. But I don't put mm-hmm. a new foundation on just to like play around and then go out for a big night. I don't take those kind of risks in life. Um, any dating updates? No, not, I mean, not for me. (laughs) (laughs) What I've learned from Hinge is I don't like people. You don't like people. Well, that's fair. I think that's fair. Do you have any? Uh, I'm chatting to a guy on Instagram at the moment. He actually, we matched on Hinge and the next minute he's, I don't know, he's found me on Instagram and I was like. Oh, see, I don't like that at all. How'd you find me on Instagram? Mm. Anyway. Well, when I went on Bumble for like an hour. Um, just to see if it was any different to Hinge, I literally had like 15 guys follow me on Instagram and I didn't have my Instagram linked. And I was like, how are they finding me? I think there's just more sleuths on Bumble. So I deleted it. I panicked. (laughs) Someone posted something on Instagram yesterday that made me laugh. And it was like, I've got to actually, let me see if I can pull it up. So many guys use the term banter on Hinge in their conversation starters. You know, I'll introduce you to my friends if we've got good banter. You know I like you if the banter's good. The f*** are you talking about? Who says banter? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love a bit of banter. That is Bianca Ismolovsky. Um Yeah, it's very true, <laughs> honestly. I'll introduce you to my friends. Like, it's just so true. It, that's exactly what they say if you've got good banter. And chances are they've got s*** <laughs> banter anyway. So <laughs> how about you fix your own banter first before you come after me? <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. It helps other people to discover us. And also, we really want to know what you thought about this podcast. So if you can leave us a review, that would be much appreciated. Bye.